Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Everyone better be thankful for Tim Boyle versus Andy Dalton on Thanksgiving Thursday. It is Ira Paul, a.k.a. the Pro Bowl Voting Virtuoso. Hey, AJ, you get to vote six long snappers this year. Nothing's better than Pro Bowl voting. You're right. Totally, totally agree, Ralph. And with me, as always, is AJ. Bye-bye, Nagy. Marchese. Uh, do you see that they went to his like son's high school football game for chanting fire Nagy? Do you believe he will be fired after the Thanksgiving game? Do you believe Matt Nagy will be the Chicago Bears head coach in week 13? Yeah, I do. Today we're breaking down the best and worst rookies from week 11 in the NFL. Let's hit it. Going out. To Vegas, gonna set my draft, gonna set my draft on fire. Seven, 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 seven rounds in heaven with my lady driving out to Vegas, baby, looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau. Who's gonna bat it on draft day? Who's gonna wager future picks away? Who's gonna reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. This year, Turkey Day at MyBookie gives you plenty of reasons to be thankful. Starting with a $250 risk-free bet on Thursday afternoon when the Dallas Cowboys host the Las Vegas Raiders. Bet the spread between the Raiders and Cowboys at MyBookie. When you win, you win. And if you don't, MyBookie will refund you up to $250. Simply put, you can't lose this bet. And that's what I call no risk it. All gravy. Before you get your wagers in, set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code SPORTSDRINK, one word, at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit, all the way up to $1,000. So you won't need to break the wishbone to be the one to come out ahead. Beast risk-free on Turkey Day with MyBookie. And make sure to stick around for seconds as they gear up for what should be a fun Black Friday with tons of odds boosts that will have your belly and your pockets full. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. 
Uh, would you have bet that we get uh, two UTSA Roadrunners into the Senior Bowl this year, AJ? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that Jeff Trailer, he uh, he knows a thing or two about uh, Texas football, I'd say. I don't think anyone knows more than him about Texas football. Uh, Sonny Cumbie does, because he got retained by Texas Tech. <laughs> Congrats, son. Uh, okay, very few Senior Bowl guys uh, who have accepted since... 24 hours ago um but some some big names mm-hmm. um penn state receiver Jahan dotson utsa tackle spencer buford utsa db Tariq woolen penn state db Tariq castro fields washington state db jalen watson tennessee db alante taylor and of course pittsburgh long snapper cal adamitis uh, obviously, I think the headline here, Rob, is Jahan Dotson. Every time I hear, every time I hear his name, I think of Gus Johnson saying it. Anyways, uh, we talked about uh, Roger McCreary's, um, you know, uh, cover options in the one on ones and a lot of small school guys, but uh, now we got the headliner, a wide receiver in this group, and uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun to see Dotson. And like, you know, he's always been like, you know, he's obviously not a big dude, but he's explosive, but. I always go back to that Ohio State game last year when he was bullying Sean Wade. I, I like to see like you know that kind of one-on-one situation where he goes up and picks it against the bigger DBs. These guys are supposed to be more physical than him. Um, I'm excited to see that stuff. Um, is he? He is by far the the headliner to this point among skill guys who've accepted, right? Uh, yes. On offense, on offense. Yeah. Um, no yeah. Th- defense takes this no is, skill. Don't worry, Rob. This feels like. A week where he he's had a phenomenal season, obviously obviously for Penn State, um, a lot of st- like potential boost to his stats have been left out on the field due to poor quarterback play, but I I, I think if you ask anybody, Dodson's been one of the five most uh, dynamic pass catchers in the country this year, and when he shows up to Mobile, he is perfectly suited to thrive in the one on ones. Yeah, he is one of the best route runners in the country. He's shown off, like you even just mentioned, the Sean Wade game, um, ridiculous ball skills, and he he is the type of receiver who always goes to Mobile, cooks everyone, and then ends up kind of solidifying themselves as a top forty or so pick. It, he he feels like though though Elijah Moore was obviously not a senior last year. Um, but a guy everyone absolutely loved and thought was a steal in the second round and is now becoming an instant impact receiver for the Jets. Jahan Dotson has a bit of that vibe to him. Agreed. Um, side note, do you think Olave goes to the senior bowl? I hope so. I, I hope, hope so. Because, so. I mean, it, it will give him the opportunity because I, I, I think for most people's money, if you were to wager where he would go, he's he's – the 25 to 40 ish yeah. range probably yeah. right now. So a, a, a fantastic week at the senior bowl could really lock him into that first round conversation. He, he seems like the dude that would go as well, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he still plays special teams. Yeah. Um, the UTSA guys are both really interesting too. Burford's a, a guy I liked a lot over the summer who mm-hmm. um, he's the highest recruit in UTSA history going back to how ridiculous Jeff trailer, uh, is as a recruiter he was a four-star who went to utsa and 
you throw on the tape, and he looks like a guy who could be playing in the Big 12 with his athleticism. Yeah, for sure. 6'5", 300, and he moves ridiculously well. And I, I think what stood out the most uh, on his tape last year, at least, was just the ability to consistently climb to the second level and seal off linebackers. So getting to see him in, in, in pass protection um, where his feet and his base and his, his bend and hand use were kind of the things that held you back over the summer from thinking he could be a top 100 pick, this is the perfect opportunity for him to show he can do those things against premier pass rushers and um, kind of boost himself into that day two conversation. Yeah, no, that, that's a good one. He's like... Like he's one of the best low key kind of additions, you know, for, for a guy that doesn't get too much talk. But you've mm-hmm. been you've been all over him, yeah. The the offensive line group's shaping up to be really fun. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. And and, and Woolen's a, a long corner, and, and that that's kind of the trend here with the DBs that they've invited uh, since yesterday's episode, or accepted since <laughs> yesterday's episode, where you've got Woolen who's like six three. Castro Fields, Alante Taylor, are both uh, about six feet, and Jalen Watson's a six-three safety for Washington State, and he's a guy who kind of came out of nowhere. Um, he was a JUCO transfer from I, I believe Ventura College in California. Uh, he enrolled at USC, but never played. Ended up at Washington State. Um, obviously last year, shortened season, didn't have a huge impact, but he's he's been a huge part of the surprisingly feisty Cougars since uh, old Nick decided not to get vaccinated and jack dickers took over as head coach um watson's been a key piece for them and he he in a weak safety class this is a fantastic opportunity for a guy with his uh his physical skill set that's a good that's a good point um i'm pretty excited to see Willen. Willen's a guy who's caught my eye like quite a few times just watching the the run road runners more last year i don't say i watched more of them last year than this year for some reason but anyways uh, and then over the summer he was fun. So yeah. Was that just a flex that you're an OG? No, I'm I'm a fraud. I I, I jumped off the wagon for some reason. And Will, Willen's a former receiver too. Who's, yeah. They list him at six four too, so it's gonna be interesting to see if he's really that tall. But the ball skills and the length that's that shouts your type of corner. Nagy, that he always brings the the long guys because he's a Seahawks guy, I think. Yeah, but I also read in that Bruce Feldman article that he likes short corners from working with the Patriots, so... He likes everything from going everywhere. Nagy's been around the world and back, Rob. Yeah, wasn't LJ Collier his number one player in the draft? And Was he wrong? No, just... Take, next year he's breaking out. With the Pats, yeah. 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 Okay, anything else? What are your thoughts on the long snapper? Um, They had to get him. They had to get him there. Who was that long snapper a couple years ago? Who we Tanner was Carew. <laughs> I'm glad you knew right away. I never forget Tanner Carew. What, what's, we, we were certain he was going to be the best long snapper in the NFL. Um, I don't understand why he's not, Rob. I still don't know why. It, does it seem to you like the NFL's blackballed him for some reason? I think he might be too talented. I can't even spell his name. I'm trying to find him on Google. Uh, no, no. They, f- the NFL wiped the slate clean of him because they don't want him around. Uh, <laughs> In his Twitter bio, he still has himself listed as an NFL free agent. So, Okay, so he's on the come up. He's still, he's still trying to get home. Get back to where he belongs. We should bring him up to Canada. Give him a CFL shot. We should get him on the podcast. I, mean, I don't know why he's not in the CFL. 
you going to say I don't know why he's not on the podcast. I don't know why he's not on the podcast either. He's one of our favorite players of all time, and that's like just a fact. Anyways, I didn't know his. I forgot his name a minute ago. No, okay, no, that's no. Enough. You just wanted to let me shine. I know you didn't forget. He he had the greatest special teams performance in Senior Bowl history. So was he was he doing the um, the Rubik's cubes right? Yeah, yeah, he's a big Rubik's Cube guy. <laughs> I feel like if you're a long snapper, you got to have a thing. Remember the Eagles old long snapper? Yeah, the magic? trick shots. Oh, oh yeah, the magic guy. Right. <laughs> yeah. On America's every Got Talent. Long, right. Yeah, yeah. every long snapper needs a weird hobby. That's why I thought he was destined for greatness. I think we all did. Yeah. But he actually had a yeah. good senior bowl week. Like, he was making tackles in the game. NFL Week 11 rookie cares? Fuck. Um... <sighs> We had about two and a half rookie quarterbacks play this week. This is a lot better than when we have like six. Yeah, Zach true. Wilson was out again. Trey Lance had a minimal role against the Jags. Justin Fields got hurt. Uh, Davis Mills didn't get to play, but Sad. I still credit the Texans' win to him. Um, Agreed. And then obviously we had Trevor and Mack. Uh, I'll start with Trevor Lawrence, who I rarely seem to do his games because you love watching Urban Meyer coach so much. Yeah, I love watching him fail, that's for sure. Um, so he threw for 158, uh, completed 64% of his throws. So sick. And had th- three r- runs for 23 yards against the Niners in a 30-10 to 10 loss. What would you think, uh, Rob? So just a bit of an overview before I deep dive into it. But they rarely give him deep shot opportunities. I know, yeah. Which shocked me. It's so many bubble screens in quick game stuff. Like, it's a lot of bubble screens. Yeah. It sucks watching that offense, right? Yeah. There's not enough play action at all. They don't roll him enough to move the pocket. We know how good he is on the move and his ability to square his shoulders or throw across his body. He he did ridiculous things at Clemson on the move. Um, His receivers are literally just never open or helping him other than Marvin Jones. Pretty much. And, and even then, Marvin Jones hasn't been... No, like, J- Jones had a bad drop in this yeah, game. Yeah, he's too. had, like, I think he has a bad drop every game. But he'll he, he make up for it a little bit, but he's not yeah. like, been good. He, he's, the, he's the only one that's, like, trustable. Yeah. Um, and, and there was a lot of dumb penalties from the offensive line and receivers. Like, just false starts when you really couldn't have them. There's a stupid unsportsmanlike penalty on a solid drive. Things like that. Like, there's a lot of shittiness going on around him in terms of play calling, yeah. um, discipline, and just talent at, at the skill spots. Yeah. Um, so their only drive of the first quarter was a three and out that had a bubble screen that went for, like, no gain, and a third down and five where he threw it deep out of bounds. So I was like, okay, fun. And then the second drive, uh, which was – so the first play of the second drive, which was in the second qu- quarter, was a, a, bu- a bubble screen to LaVisca Chanel who just fumbled. Great. And the Niners recovered. I was like, okay, we're gonna in for a long day. But then, okay, third drive, second quarter, and it, it ended up in a field goal. He he got in a really nice rhythm. Um, this was all in a row. A third and two first down scramble. Uh rolled to his right, first down throw over the middle across his body. It was a really great throw. A play action quick out for a first down, a play action screen pass, uh out of the gun, a speed out for a first down. Um, second and 13 in the red zone. It was an incomplete uh, back shoulder throw to Jones, but it was like still a solid decision, I thought, and I thought it was there. And then third and 13, he scrambled for a couple, and they kicked the field goal. So that that gave me some hope after how horrible the first two drives were. Um, 
But then fourth drive, which we're now into the third quarter. So they had three drives in the first half. We're into the fourth quarter, or third quarter. Uh, out of gun, he did a great job moving up in the pocket, maneuvering the rush, and he threw a strike to Jones on a deep hook that was dropped. So that really sucked. And then third and ten, he sailed it deep out of bounds uh, on a sideline throw. Um, but, like, the the way he operated the pocket and, and ripped it to Jones, which it hit him straight in the chest, like, that that was exciting. And then it just killed them because it was dropped. And then, yeah, nothing on the next drive <clears throat> or next play and then the fifth drive they're down 27-3 at this point so it's like you're starting to see a lot more like garbage time prevent defense yeah um there was a third and six check down to chenault for a first down play action boot and he avoided a bosa sack but then he rolled left and threw it into the dirt and then he got sacked again the next drive which we're really in garbage time now third and eight he throws short of the sticks to agnew but they go for it and he throws a quick ball to agnew for a first, but then Agnew gets hurt. Now he's like out for the season. Um, and they go play action left, throws across a crosser to Treadwell. Perfect throw on the money. Going to be a first down. Treadwell drops it. Uh, third and six out of gun on the next play. It's an easy first down to Treadwell uh, on a curl. This was against like very obvious prevent. But then Bosa sack and uh, an Eric Armstead pressure gives him a third and 25. Lawrence just runs out of bounds and they punt. Um, then their final drive. So they only had seven drives. Final drive, they're down 30 to three. And this is like the most obvious prevent defense I've ever seen. Play action gun, deep hook to Jones, first down. Gun hits Jones for another first down on a corner. Gun, quick curl to Jones. Gun, deep curl to Austin for a first down. Gun, quick curl to Jones. Zone read, first down run. Gun rolls right from pressure, throws the end zone, draws, uh, Jones draws DPI sets up a touchdown run like it was all just like curl after curl after curl and the dbs were playing so far off that there were layup throws and it was all so boring uh and then at the end i i it's worth pointing out the camera showed trevor lawrence talking to urban uh lawrence with a big goofy smile on his face and his arm around urban urban just looked like a dead man walking like he looked like he knew <laughs> and so it was like like Trevor, the worst part about this, like, Trevor Lawrence was such a nothing in this game. Yeah. There's a couple good throws, a couple things to get excited about. Um, but if you told me this was the third string quarterback and the the play calling reflected that because they just don't seem to want to do anything aggressive. It's been that way get, for weeks. Yeah, their team sucks. The offensive line didn't even play that poorly. No, it's the same. Um, it's a, dude, you could have copied and pasted my notes from last week. Yeah. Before. Like you could understand the 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 nonsense constant screens if your offensive line just couldn't give them three seconds, but the offensive line's playing well enough yeah. to run some uh, mix in a play action deep shot every once in a while, or or get them on the move and, and throw some deep crossers. But they just refuse to, and the receivers suck so much that they can't get open on their. And now Jamal Agnew, who's the most dynamic playmaker on their offense, done. Like it's just going to be Marvin Jones on curls and corners. It it was really just demoralizing watching this. That this guy yeah. was the can't miss first overall pick, and really, I, you can't blame him for what's going on because it's just everything else around him in terms of coaching staff, play calling. It's such a dysfunctional team. They have to fire him. They have to. They have to. I mean, he like kind of threw blame on I think the OCs this week, but fuck <laughs> that starts with you. You hired them. Um. 
You know what else has been a big disappointment is LaVisca Chenault. Yeah, he has been. He he does nothing. No, no, he really does. I don't know, man. It's uh, it's the same shit every week. And, like, I feel like they'll have one good drive a game, and it'll end in, like, a field goal or a missed field goal. <laughs> and then, like, like, in the recent weeks, before they were, like, before they are okay, and now they've been absolutely terrible. And then, like, the good things that they do on that drive, they wouldn't do them again the rest of the game. Yeah. It's 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 a great time. Well, we get Zach Wilson back next week. Didn't yeah. have him this week. Uh, Trey Lance was on the other side in this game. He had three carries for four yards. They just mixed him in Sick. for run plays every once in a while. It was super boring, but they win, so Jimmy G gets to keep the job, um, which isn't, like, pretty boring. <laughs> um, yeah. Debo Samuel's the best player in the NFL. I'm certain of it, though. Uh the best running back. Yeah. He looked, they were just giving him running back snaps. It was so fun. I know. It's um, Justin Fields. So he got hurt, but how did he look before that? Okay. He looked okay. At first, I thought he was, was going to start hot, okay? I think Nagy was still in the in the old. Like he's, He had a good, like, you know, the script. The script was okay, you know? The uh, first play of the game, zone keeper, eight yards. I'm like, all right, they're going to mix him in running a little bit. I'm, I'm down for this. Then, um... A strike, a beautiful strike on an out route to uh, to Mooney. The very next play, I'm like, okay, we're starting. Then Montgomery, a nine yard run. And then the next play, probably his best play of the day, uh, right off the bat, fourth play of the game. Play action, roll out right. Mooney kind of came in jet motion to the, to the play slot side and kind of ran like a wheel kind of thing. And Field just rolled that way, flings it to him, uh, led him perfectly. Beauty throw, just over the shoulder, grab. Uh, best throw of the day. I'm like, okay, this is right off the bat, right? They, they had the, they got the ball second, but I'm like. Okay, we're going somewhere with this Bears this Bears game today, right? The drive got into the red zone and uh, just kind of got stopped, right? Ended in a missed 40-yard field goal. So I'm like, okay, fuck, never mind. Um, next drive, the gun, like, he had four carries for 23 yards, but they're, so they're doing a pretty good job. Like, he, he kept um, he kept another keeper for a couple yards. Uh, next play, he, uh, he had Mooney off uh, play action. Didn't seem to be on the same page. And he was like, I don't know, 15, 20 yards down the field on like a crossing route. He kind of just sailed it. It was a weird looking throw. And maybe he thought Mooney was supposed to cut it deeper, like, you know, up the field more than across the field. But it was a weird look. Missed him there. And then th- third down on that drive, threw it like too hot, too wide on a comeback route. And, and uh, they, they punted. Next drive, two, second and three, play action. He hits God, uh, Godwin on a Goodwin, sorry, on a deep end. Really nice strike again. Next set of downs. Um, the pocket closes on him, in on him um, really quickly. He tries to step up, and he's stripped by Bowser. And then the Ravens get the ball back. Then the Ravens kick the field goal. Uh, Bears ball, like, first, uh, the first third down of that possession. Nowhere to go for him. He gets sacked. He get hit hard by Bowser. Uh, he was a little slow getting up. I think that was the play where he actually injured the, the ribs. Um, yeah, actually got defensive, defensive holding on the play, so they were they got the first down. And then the next two passes, like, both of them, like, they were good throws, but I thought they came out of his hand a little funny, but they're on the money. Hit receivers in the hands, and were both dropped, so they punted. Then it was halftime. So I, I do think, I, I don't know if they actually pinpointed, but I kind of felt like that's where it uh, it happened. But he came back out, um, took another sack, <laughs> trying to run up the pocket on a second down. Uh, third, in, uh, third down, 12 to go. Um, maybe his second best throw of the, of the game. Uh, great throw to Mooney. Stepped up and like hit him on like a, on and out over a defensive back, um, and then the next third down he decides to take off with with it. Got like five yards, didn't get the first, and that was the last snap on the day. The last snap on the day, um, 
That's it. Early third quarter, he's out. Not a lot to write home with. <laughs> he only completed four passes for 11 yards. Uh, sorry, four, he, ah, four completions, 11 attempts, 79 yards. Uh, so, like, some good chunk plays, but, uh, yeah, not a lot to, to write about. They didn't have the ball that much. They didn't really get any sustained drives except for that one, the first one. So, once Nagy was off script, he was dead in the water. Um, and then Dalton came in and started to make things happen, but he wasn't playing well. It was just kind of like it gave the offense a bit of a shot on the arm, right? Because Mooney had a great uh, catch-and-run touchdown on, on a screen yeah. pass, right? But, yeah, so it was not a lot with Fields. The entry looked – I don't know. I think it might have – I must have been that Bowser sack that they got the f- the flag on, and then when he got that, that hit on the run, it kind of just – he landed funny, so I think it might have just been re-aggravating kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Alas, well, um, his arm is great. He's fun. Uh, they got to fire Nagy. That's about it. He's shown enough in the last, prior to this, last two, three games to believe that he is the guy and Matt Nagy just isn't the answer to the head coach. And we have to watch Andy Dalton and uh, Matt Nagy play against Tim Boyle on Thanksgiving football. So great. what a time to be alive. Totally ruined the fucking Thanksgiving. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, you know, the Lions game always sucks, but at least we're going to get Justin Fields and then that. Yeah, I know, right? Tim Boyle might be the best part of that game, let's be honest. Like, just funny. Uh, Sure, whatever you want to think, Rob. I, I truly believe Tim Boyle is the worst college quarterback to ever start an NFL game. <laughs> he probably is. He was bad for three years at UConn. He was bad for his one year at Eastern Kentucky. Now he's starting in the I, NFL. Yeah, I never got the Tim Boyle thing. But, but it's hilarious. He didn't look good, by the way. I mean, either. So. Uh, uh, I'll be the judge of that. On Swift is sick football. though. Swift is like the only thing I'm like. Swift and Mooney, like that's D- it. Dan Campbell's really committed to getting Swift his touches, yeah, which I appreciate. It's sick, yeah. Uh, okay, Mac Jones. What There's night football against the Falcons. Threw for 207, a score, a pick. Completed 84.6 percent of his throws for 7.9 yards an attempt. Um, I think you look at that score. You see 25 nothing. You look at the stat line. You're like, that's. I mean efficient minus interception like the yards per attempt are above the average the completion percentage is super high you watch the game i it, it was such a nothing game yeah and it it, it really they they had 13 it was 13 nothing in the fourth quarter their defense balled out um just quickly like it was a ton of it was a ton of just Quick throws behind the sticks, rarely anything more than eight yards. Yeah. Like their first drive, it was a quick out. Then he had that great throw to Henry that was incomplete, but it drew DPI. That yeah. was one of his best throws. I think that's then like his, quick, his his go to throw right now. The like the post floater post, yeah, to Henry specifically. Type yeah. thing, yeah. Um then he had a dump off to Johnu, which ran he ran for first down, then a bubble to Bournes, QB sneak. Then I I thought he kept turtling under pressure. Outside of one throw in this game, yes. when a free blitzer came, he just takes the sack because he doesn't really extend. Um, no, I think his lack of mobility showed up uh, in this game big time. I know it didn't affect them in the least, but I think it showed up a lot. Um, yeah. He had that one nice throw like where he kind of just like sprinted up the pocket, but um, it wasn't like a big-time throw. He got like 19 yards on like a first and 20. But like other than that, like you said, kind of just felt like he turtled and just once the pocket was collapsing, he had nothing to do. Well, I thought two of his best plays came on the drive where he threw the horrible interception to A.J. Terrell. Because yeah, yeah. um, on that drive, he had the, when they blitzed the safety up the middle who came free 
for the first time he didn't turtle and he it was like only like a five yard throw but to get that off to Jacoby Myers for the first down I thought that was a great play um had the other third and five that floating crosser to Hunter Henry yeah and then that was the very next throw and that I thought those were two of his best plays of the game but then it's just kind of all lit it all on fire by tossing one up to Johnny Smith right to AJ Terrell yeah it felt like he was filling himself right like he just didn't look I saw someone defending the throw, by the way. It's like, oh, Terrell just made a great play. It wasn't a bad throw. No, no, that's incorrect. He did make a great play, but it felt like he didn't even look and just lobbed it right to Terrell, and, and the safety was there too. It was a bad read and a bad throw. And, like, the the two of their field goal drives came because the defense got turnovers. Yeah. Like, the so after the interception, the next drive, he just throw, threw uh, – his two passes on the drive were a throw into the dirt and then a throw short of the sticks. Then the next drive was a deep shot to no one, a big throw over the middle to Bourne, uh, a QB sneak for a first down. Then he took a sack and they kicked a field goal. And then the next drive um, was Aguilar for a first down and a QB sneak sneak that set up a field goal. But that was like all the defense. Um, the, uh, the, the touchdown throw to Aguilar was on a crosser where Aguilar just didn't have anyone within like ten it was yards. Wide of him. open, it was wide open, and like even after he caught it, it was just easy running. Yeah, so it's like I don't know, and and even on that drive, it was like just a check down to Harris, and, and that Aguilar touchdown were the only two throws on that drive because the defense put them in great position. It's just like he's doing enough to win for sure. We're just the media as a whole is way too high on him, and I know he's. Like, the week before, week 10, he had a great performance, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But, like, this was... I didn't think he played very well against the Falcons at all. He was fine. Like, like, like it was... it was He didn't have to do anything. No. No. Then, yeah. He I, made, I, like, he made, like, three or four throws where, like, mm-hmm. those are those are solid to impressive throws. But other yeah. than that, there wasn't a lot else. No, I, I totally agree. And I, I don't think, think you can take much away from this game about him. No. Were people trying to? I don't know. It's the Mac. He's winning again. The Patriots are winning the division. Well, he's going to win the Super Bowl, but it doesn't mean he's playing well. Uh, Is he going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year? Probably, right? He probably will based off what the two leaders in the house did again this week, which was not much. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, And want to just jump into Rookie of the Weekend? No, let's break down why Davis Mills should be starting. (laughs) Davis Mills should be... Jeff Driscoll, J- Davis Mills, and Terod Taylor should all be on the field together correct. at the same time. Absolutely correct. So We're true. not saying Terod shouldn't start. We're just saying get Davis Mills out oh, there. Yeah. Absolutely. No, totally agree. Uh, all right. Offensive Rookie of the Week. I gave it to uh, somebody mentioned on the podcast already. Wow, Rob. Good foresight. Uh, Elijah Moore, who had a big game against the Finneys. Eight catchers, a buck 41, a touchdown. Uh, the touchdown was sweet. It was just like a, a post. But, like, toasted uh, jump man with a little shake at the top of the route. Got open. Caught the ball. And just housed out. Ran everyone on the, on the Finns team. Uh, was sweet. 62-yard touchdown. Um, starting from the start, though. Nice little gain on, on like, a little flip out to him. Lots of room. Uh, just kept running. When he gets the ball in his hands, he's really explosive. Like I just said, he outran the whole Finns defense. Uh, got that one down to the goal line. Was getting, like, nice yak consistently. Breaking tackles. Uh, looking good. The route running looked really good. Um, had a really nice toe-tapping grab uh, on, a, like, a deep sideline route on a little comeback. Uh, also drew pass interference on the play and caught it. 
I thought that was awesome. And then probably the catch of the day, uh, third and two. They're like back hip, back shoulder. He was diving backwards. The ball was away from him and like close to the grass. I don't know how he caught it. He like contorted and plucked it off the grass. It was sick. This was a uh, uh, the game almost didn't feel as big as the statistics did because I mean I guess the Jets are shit, but he he was great. Is he what we thought he was going to be prior to the season? He's looking um, like it. There was all the hype. It all all it took was Zach Wilson not being his starting quarterback. Let's see what happens when Zach Wilson comes back. I mean, you know, like you I mean, can't it, ignore it, him anymore, though. And Mike White, Josh Johnson, and Joe Flacco have all now had like okay performances enough. Yeah, and and done a lot with Elijah Moore. That it actually is a good test. How much will Elijah Moore's uh, production drop off when Zach Wilson comes back. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on on, on Wilson this week. I think. I, I'm with you. Because I mean, the Jets haven't been good, but their quarterback play hasn't been. Well, it has been abysmal times, but it's been better than when he was starting. Given right? the circumstances, it hasn't been as bad as you would have guessed. And they got the Texans. Like this is the moment for Wilson to show if he's if he's got it or he doesn't. Agreed. Um, I didn't have a blatantly obvious offensive rookie of the week. I went with a, a guy who's been as consistent as pretty much every rookie this week or this year. Um, I'm going with Creed Humphrey, the chief center. Bread he, and butter pick. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like the Cowboys interior pass rush couldn't do anything against him. He was consistently moving the pile. He, he, his ability to, to latch onto a guy and drive him five yards down the field with ease is really impressive to me. Um, their offensive line has got some questions, but it's not coming from him. No, it's not. Totally it's agree. not coming from him at all. He's the best offensive lineman on that team. His worst game was like not bad <laughs> this year. Like he he's playing at a Pro Bowl level. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, nearly all pro. I think you could even say. Yeah, especially because we uh, are one of our favorite um, tropes is that there's no good, really good centers in the NFL. He's like been three. great immediately. No, and, totally. Yeah, he he he's a top ten center in the NFL as a rookie. Absolutely. Um, and he he, like, a good example is Osa uh, Adigizua has been one of the best rookie interior defensive linemen uh, this season, right? For sure. Yeah. He he couldn't do, and, and this is this is less like not a knock on him. This is more of a praise to Creed. Was he couldn't do? It. He he felt like he wasn't in the game because Creed was just moving him. Creed Humphrey is everything we thought he would be throughout his career at Oklahoma, throughout the Senior Bowl week. I have no idea how. Like it, it was like just the him being so good for so long, like ended up hurting him in the draft. Well, you remember there was that one blip. I think it was this last summer when like. It felt like we were watching Creed Humphrey for so long, and he's been so good that people started to poke holes. You know, the classic thing when you start poking holes. But even, like, it felt like he came back from that, had a great year, uh, tested way better than anyone thought. And I don't know why he felt like he did. I think there's no good reason for his, for his slide. Agreed. And, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. He's... When we do the all rookie team, he's obviously the yeah, center and locked. And and I voted him to the Pro Bowl in my Pro Bowl <gasps> voting. Okay, come on, you're not allowed to sh- tell other people your Pro Bowl ballot. I'm gonna tell you one Pro Bowl vote a week because <laughs> I only voted one time. because it's like um, you should only do one ballot, right? Because 
Yeah, of course. Things, like yeah. an election. Yeah. 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 So each week I'll reveal one guy who made my ballot. Wow. That's the only reason to tune in, I think. Yes. Who was your defensive rookie of the week? Uh, I had no studs. I had no studs. Um, so I'm going to go with a guy that also slid. Um, more more good reason for him to slide, but he's proven them wrong. Uh, Christian Marbor on Thursday night. Not a big flashy game in the least. Uh, you go ahead. I I, I, uh, I I put him for rookie who flashes because I thought he should definitely be mentioned somewhere because yep. every time he's on the field, he does something. Yeah, absolutely. And like not a huge – I think he only had like one tackle and a quarterback hit. But I thought he just kicked the Falcons' ass uh, all game long. And that one play where uh, Hennessy was blocking him one-on-one, literally just bowled him over, <laughs> made the TFL. Um, had had another one where he, like, immediate penetration, like, got to, got to Olsen on, like, on the other side of the, the play. Like, our, yeah, that was just such a great play. Um, winning consistently against that shitty Falcons interior. Um, he's, he's leading rookie, is he? He's either first or second in... Um, and quarterback pressures, and that's all rookies. Funny, that, I have that set up. He's third. He's third. Okay, I saw like two but different he, ones. Yeah, he's third, and he's an interior defensive lineman, while the other two are not. It's it's Parsons and Oway. Right. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Um, I think like coming into the week, he was he had more than Parsons. I don't know. I saw something like that. Anyways, yeah, he's been phenomenal, and again, he slid a bit. Um, more reasons for him to slide than than Creed, but. You know, you know what would make sense is if he pro- after that Thursday night game was second. Oh, and, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, yeah, okay. And because let me tell you, Parsons, who is my defensive rookie of the week, great yeah. transition, AJ. Yeah, uh, uh, was unstoppable as a pass rusher against the Chiefs. I know the Chiefs ended up winning, but and it felt like for most of the game the Chiefs were in control, but they were in control because the Dallas Cowboys offense couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys defense played well enough to win that game. They, they, after a couple of early big plays from Tyree Kill, they kind of kept the Chiefs in check. And a lot of that was Micah Parsons just dominating Andrew Wiley, the Chiefs' right tackle. Um, he had a strip sack. He had uh, he, he had at least, I want to say, like five pressures. Um, he and, and it was just his pure athleticism is a lot of it. He is so twitchy and yeah. freaky and bendy and just gets underneath the ta- Wiley specifically so easily. And... The hustle is there too, like the strip sack. Mahomes, he 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 got he beat Wiley just with like a dip and rip, and he was coming um, from the right or yeah from the right tackle side, and Mahomes rolled left and he chased him down and got a strip sack and it was a great hustle play on top of just beating the hell out of Wiley. And he just kept doing that to him. He's 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 one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. He he uh, has the second most. QB pressures among rookies with 33, and Owe has 34, and Owe has 100 more pass rush snaps than Parsons. Because Parsons is also playing off-ball linebacker for them, too. Um, he was playing a lot. like he. It was clear that the game plan with him in this was to have him rush the passer more than not, and yeah. it worked. And uh, even when he wasn't getting home, he was locking Wiley back. His speed to power is so nasty. Um, and, and he's doing it as, like, a guy who's 60 pounds, 70 pounds lighter than these tackles. Yeah. He's only like 235. Um, I don't know. At some point, does should Dallas consider making him a full-time pass rusher? Because being a pass rusher is more important than being an off-ball linebacker. And he is, though he can be a great off-ball linebacker, he can be more impactful as one of the best pass rushers in the league. 
I think you leave him as this uh, jack of all trades. I think I think you let well, him the, do both fifty fifty. To be honest, my worry is that when Tank Lawrence comes back, they'll yeah just let him because I think you're right too. Um, I mean, especially if you can get some more consistent play from your other off ball linebackers and your other edge rushers, if you could just it'd be like an embarrassment of riches to be able to just move Parsons around based on the game plan. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think he's just, I think you let him or Danquin lets him just be what they need in the specific play in the specific situation on the specific formation that they're on. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. you just let him be that. And I mean, if you told me like he obviously has defensive rookie of the year locked up, it's, I think yeah. the race is, it's, it's done. Um, if you told me he had it, he'd have it locked up by week 12. Before the year, I would have believed you. But if you if you told me how good he's been, like I would have never thought how dominant he's been uh, right off the bat. You know, especially like coming off a, a season that he you know he didn't play. Like I, I just assume like with a lot of rookies, it would take them to get their foot their their feet wet, right? And obviously Chase hasn't at all. He hasn't needed a he's, second. But go ahead. He's down. he's currently tied for tenth in the league in sacks, and he's had a lot less pass rush opportunities than yep. other guys. Yeah. He's been a he's um, been a monster, and I think he's he's tied for third for TFLs. That's ridiculous. Like he, he's up there with Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, and him. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Is okay. he in the defensive player of the year conversation? Like I know that sounds ludicrous to say out loud. Cowboys fans been saying it since week like two, so. And they're usually pretty sane. They're they're um, the best fan base in the, in the sport. Like I I don't think he's a legitimate gonna win it or anything it's in the but conversation like yeah. like if you're if you're to list your top five why not like yeah because i think i think right now it's it's like miles garrett tj watt cam hayward um and i don't him? know who else would you oh, oh trevon trevon diggs like trevon diggs deserves oh, it less than totally. less than michael parsons all day totally, totally agree okay good uh let's agree on who's who's bad at playing football who's your worst rookie <laughs> um i'm going back to the falcons I'm going to, okay, empirically, the worst rookie this week was Felipe Franks, who threw one interception on, on. one attempt. Okay. Come on. Got an NFL game. If I asked you last year when he was at Arkansas, if you yeah. thought he would throw an NFL pass as a rookie, you would have said no. So really, he's exceeded expectations. Oh, I totally agree. I'm not I'm not trying to be mean here to Felipe. Um, but I couldn't leave him alone in the slot, so I threw his teammate in and uh, Jalen Mayfield, who was just a bad Bad football player week in week out, Rob. You Buckeyes fan or what? <laughs> I'm disowning him. Um, <laughs> no, I'm disowning the Falcons. I blame the Falcons. Uh, no, I don't. He's been really bad. Like again, he'll have his glimpses, but like he'll just give up like I don't know five or six pressures a game and just immediately ugly losses. Barmore was kicking his ass too. It wasn't just Hennessy. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know what you do with Mayfield. I, I think like he's found his it's, like it's, a slight footing, but he's not getting better. I don't know. It's it's tough because it's like the same conversation we've had with like Liam Eikenberg, Alex Leather, with these offensive linemen who just don't seem. He hasn't. I don't think he's been as catastrophic as those guys. I think he's been like yeah yeah. He's, he's been not. bad, but those guys have been worse. Um, but like with the guys like that, I when you're on, you've got a bad offensive line. Yeah, you've drafted this guy early. Like you just let him go. not playing him's not going to get him better, but playing him is also hurting you. But it's just such a non-win situation. Yeah, like I said last week, I'm afraid he's getting to the point now where you're just killing his confidence. But yeah, 
don't know. Um, By the way, uh, I didn't mention him anywhere, but Eichenberg uh, had his best game probably this week. I mean, not mentioning him makes like confirms it was his best game. Exactly. Yeah. Love that for him. Um, I'll give you a guy who had his worst game. Uh, first round pick, Eric Stokes. Mm. The Vikings really. Uh, the Vikings went after him. Kirk Cousins was on. Kirk Cousins played great football. Um, but on the, I, I'm I'm sure most people saw this. The huge play where Justin early in the game where Justin Jefferson like, I didn't realize how his lack of spatial awareness was there where he like stuck the ball out and, and thought he was going to score with ease and got tackled at the one. Did you see that play? No, actually I didn't. Oh, really? Okay. It was on the Vikings like opening drive and Justin Jefferson <clears throat> just toasted and it looked like it was the safety's fault. But if you go back, mm-hmm. you can see that they were trying to play bracket him with the safety over top and Stokes underneath. Okay. And the, the uh, the, the Stokes like came down on an out that was covered instead of riding deep on Jefferson. He just misread what he was supposed to right, do. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And like it, it lo- again, it looked like the safety's fault. But if Stokes was there, that ball is way harder to complete. Mm-hmm. So that that was bad. That set up a touchdown. Uh, another touchdown drive. It was just he had man coverage on Tyler Conklin, and just got beat bad for like 15, 20 yards, and that set up a touchdown drive. Um, but what really did it for him was. Um, late in the game, uh, the Packers were up 24-23. There was this big third third and four, third and five. Uh, and Justin Jefferson ran a slant and got the first down with a, just by a nose. And, and Stokes just didn't close fast enough. He didn't react fast enough. It felt like he didn't understand um, the situation in which mm-hmm. they're going to – this is, this is coming hot, fast now, get downhill – and he was just a tick late, and that was enough to give Jefferson the first down. And then um, on that same drive, uh, he just got straight up beat by Justin Jefferson for a touchdown that gave the Vikings the initial lead. Um, now the the Packers did go score, but then the Vikings had to go score again. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was just a, like a, a one-on-one, and it was almost like a like almost like a fade the way he ran. It was like. A, a deep ball, but it was almost like he he started um, on the line. He was the most outside receiver, but it almost looked like a slot fade the way or or near like kind of a wheel even. And and I I swear Stokes just didn't know the ball was there, and it was just he he had okay positioning and just didn't find the ball whatsoever and gave up a touchdown. But yeah, so Stokes kind of three huge through four huge plays. Ended up leading to three touchdowns in a in a shootout. It sounds pretty bad. Yeah, it wasn't good. He hasn't been bad this year at all, but like, this was yeah, like you said, his no. first game. Yeah, and now just Justin Jefferson, I'm here to argue is the best wide receiver in football right now, but I don't think um, you're gonna get too much resistance. I mean, who 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 would you like? Even let's just say this season, like it's. Cup, it's Debo, it's Devontae Adams, it's Justin Jefferson. Who else is even in the conversation? I mean, like, people would argue Cup because of the numbers, but I think... But, Jeff yeah, but better. those, like, like Cup, Samuel, Adams, and Jefferson are the four best this season. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think I'd argue Jefferson. I think that's fair. Um, okay, and you'd argue for Kirk as the best quarterback. He was really good in this game. See, I told you. It's the battle of the anti-vaxxers. Like, he's got to step up. 
At least Kirk was truthful, right? Yeah, I, this is going to sound bad, but I respect him more than I respect Rodgers. That's for sure. Uh, okay, before you get in trouble, who's your primetime star? <laughs> uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Again, I didn't think there was any like superstar. I, I but... put him for uh, best day three rookie. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a good cheat code. He uh, great again. He was great again. Um, 12 carries, 69 yards. Only one catch for six. Um, forced a bunch of missed tackles. Uh, like, I think they gave him five, but it felt like every time he was touching the ball. If he wasn't like immediately getting hit, he was forcing a tackle. Um, had a, like multiple 10-yard-plus uh, runs. Uh, had that awesome run that got called back by hold, but alas, I saw it happen. It counts for up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that really like sometimes they they just design it so well and they give those little pitches and he's just like in the clear and out and running and like some easy yardage. They're 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 the best running team in the league. Uh, I guess the Colts too, but like I think like by design they are. You know what I mean? Just Jonathan Taylor's a fucking beast. Um, and he's he's been so fucking good. He's he's looked like he's been at Bama and keeping him fresh and in this rotation with Damon Harris and. They both just run so fucking hard and knock someone's head off every single time they, they carry the ball. It's a lot of fun. I agree. I love it. Um, I thought there was a, an obvious primetime star outside of him. Who'd I miss? I'll tell you. It was Rashawn Slater, the oh, Chargers yeah. left tackle. It's easy money, though. Easy money. Yeah, no no TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith teed off on the right tackle Storm Norton, but um, <clears throat> Slater was once again just... It's one of the, the on paper, again, no Watt, but on paper, one of the better D-lines in the league. Um, he was eating up. Like, Devin Bush couldn't get off him. Devin Bush stinks, by the way. Uh, another Michigan player who's not so good. No, no, no. He's second home, he'll be, he'll be at the Hall of Famer, don't worry. <laughs> Slater just, even when he doesn't necessarily look like he's in good position, he doesn't get beat. He washes guys out of the play. It kept happening. Uh, Herbert was phenomenal, obviously. But, yeah, Rashawn Slater, like Creed Humphrey, has been every bit as good as you would have expected. Like, those are – yeah, those two should be up for offensive rookie of the year. Slater's um, just like Tristan Wirfs. I mean, hey, we said this was the Tristan Wirfs move uh, all over again, like last year. And yeah. I think just like him, he should be in consideration for all pro. Okay, underwhelming performances? I gave it to uh, – I'm sticking with the Thursday nighter. I got a lot of Thursday night talk this week. I'm, going, I'm giving it to Kyle Pitts. And this is can, – Can I add in? Yes. Him and Jamar Chase should be here. Yes. Um, I didn't put Chase because I didn't want to – Well, Chase had the touchdown and it almost yeah. was like, should I take him off? But no, because ultimately the performance wasn't – But I think Kyle Pitts was more disappointing. Yeah, and I think this is less on Pitts individually and more on – Matt Ryan, Arthur Smith, and Bill Belichick in the Pats defense doing a great job on him. You know what yeah, I mean? It's Kyle like, Duggar, man. Kyle Duggar, yeah. He had that first that first target, the PBU by Duggar. Uh, Ryan threw a bad Duggar ball. Like, he should have let him. him. Sorry? Yeah, he stuck to him the whole game. And that was a great play, and it kind of just started there, and it kept going. Um, they just said that, like, they wouldn't let him beat him, and that's classic Bill Belichick. Going into the game, they're like, everyone knew they are just going to double him or just find a way to take him out of the game. And, uh... Duggar, like you just said, played a fantastic game. They bracketed him plenty. Um, and then it didn't help that Matt Ryan just one of his worst games of his career. And just in no way could Pitts stamp his mark on the game. Um, he had like under a yard per route run. Uh, no yak on his three three catches for 29 yards. Only five targets even. You know what I mean? Like I think it's just a bad job all around. And... I was really hoping to see Pitts, you know, Thursday night. A lot of rookies in that game. 
uh, was not a fun game in the least, but it was, yeah. you know, it was like, it was a fun Thursday night for us because for content reasons and Hey, we're talking about these guys, but yeah, um, really, really disappointing. Yeah. And, and so to speak on chase now, so since that 200 yard performance against the Ravens, where mm-hmm. we were, which was his third, hundred yard game of the year, um, where we were all like, this is the offensive rookie of the year. He has had 32 yards, 49 yards, and 32 yards. Now, he's had two touchdowns in that time. But his catch percentage, too, has, has dropped a lot. Like, it was 33%, 46%, 50%. Um, teams have just kind of figured out that they, if, if they really, like, focus on doubling him, he's... They, Joe Burrow doesn't have the arm talent to uh, see this. It's similar to what you're saying with Pitts, where it's the underwhelming performance. It, it's not the player necessarily; it's the situation um, where Burrow just doesn't have the arm talent to drop balls into tight coverage deep downfield the way uh, a Justin Herbert might be able to, or Patrick Mahomes might be able to. So that's really impacted Jamar Chase's output, I think. Yeah. Um, where like his best plays were like five seven yard completions yeah like he had a great yak play uh and he had the touchdown they were great plays but it was nice they they yes it was uh they need to figure out how how to still utilize him as a dynamic playmaker and now they won this game but they lost the previous two to the jets in the rounds um but they need to figure out how to utilize him as a playmaker without burrow's lack of aggressive getting in the way because it's also like in this game it didn't really open things up for like Tyler Boyd or T Higgins either like none of them had good games Um, a different rookie really won them the game won that a bit Uh, I also wanted to mention Aziz Ojolari I thought pretty underwhelming the the Giants defense as a whole zero pass rush but Ojolari I thought really um, struggled against against Wirfs and, and Donovan Smith and he was getting washed a bit in the run it almost feels like the Bengals just rely on Chase's connection with Joe Burrow. Like, they're not doing anything. Like, they're just like, okay, you know, Chase, just go make stuff happen. Joe, you've thrown him the ball a lot. You made stuff happen and, and do it. I, like, this season is not giving me anywhere confidence in Zach Taylor. Like, I I haven't been sold that he's a good coach. Obviously not getting fired because they're winning games, but uh, they are... Uh, Duke Tobin's just a great GM. That's good Duke point. Tobin's the best GM <laughs> And then old big boy Brown up in there, up there too, pulling the strings. They're just great at their jobs. And uh, but no, I, I don't think I have any more faith in Taylor. I'm not, obviously not saying to fire him, but uh, I don't think there's any more confidence. Anyways, yeah. Um, who looked like a hit for you this week? Yeah, I'm gonna go back to Panay Sewell, who I think you mentioned last week. He's playing better and had a really, really, really nice game against the Cleveland Brownies uh, in a close loss. I mean, hey. When you got Tim Boyle back there, you got to protect the franchise, all right? And for him, it was like, it wasn't a lot of Miles Garrett. I don't know if he had any matchups with Garrett, but uh, it's still a lot of J.D. Clowney. And Clowney's still pretty, pretty damn good. And um, I thought he kicked his ass. I don't think he gave up anything in pass pro the whole game. Like, legit, I don't think he gave up a single pressure. Um, constantly stonewalling Clowney, too. It wasn't a lot of, like, you know, it wasn't like, yeah, good, good makeup play. There was some of that, but it was a lot of stonewalls. Uh, saw some really nice blitz pickups too. Just a really easy, clean day for him out there at right tackle and pass pro. Um, in the run, I wanted to point this out. He wasn't as good. Thought like his hand placement was a bit sloppy at times. Had a couple, uh, you know, old old misses too. Um, and his like mobility hasn't 
shown up yet, really. Like, I thought he looked a little bit cumbersome in this game, to be honest. Um, but, like, just, you know, heads up, um, straight up running. I thought he was getting nice movement, like, fairly consistently, too, just leaning on dudes. But, like, the other stuff, I think there's still a lot of work to, to work on there. But pass pro and just moving dudes, I thought he looked great in this game. You love to hear it. A, a, a guy who, who is a hit for us both, maybe, is uh, who was a big part of quieting Jamar Chase, Trevon Morig. Mm-hmm. Um, he protected the back end really well. Mm-hmm. And at one point, uh, late in the fourth quarter, uh, the Raiders only down three. They ran a play action. Uh, Bengals ran a play action deep shot to Chase, where Chase had a step now. It wasn't a great ball from Burrow. Um, but Morig showed off fantastic range to get in position to break up the pass. And that was what we saw from him at TCU, where he played a ton of single high. Yep. And he, he threw out this game, just protects the top so well. The Bengals had no big plays downfield. Um, he's the exact type of single high safety you look for. And he, he's yep. been good every time I've watched him this year, and I, I'm happy to see it. Yeah, it's like I'm just waiting for the, the big special plays to happen. Because I think... Like you said, he's been good, and he's I think like, that, that 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 pass breakup I thought was a special play. No, it wasn't really, you know. But I mean, like he's gonna start bringing down the picks. You know what I mean? Like he has been good. Um, who, looking like a miss. No, this is a very obvious miss for me. Uh, it was a miss after the preseason when he was a fourth round pick who got cut. Uh, Des Fitzpatrick. So he obviously he was huge. He was cut after the preseason, despite being a fourth round pick. You gotta be pretty bad for that to happen. Yeah. Um, but so he he now he's back on the Titans' active roster. He ended up playing seventy nine percent of the snaps and starting against the Texans. He did have a touchdown. He also, before the play, you could hear Tannehill yelling at him, <laughs> asking if he if he the, not before the touchdown before Tannehill one of Tannehill's picks. Tannehill was yelling at him, asking if he got it and understood what was happening. Yeah. <laughs> like very clearly. He was yelling, Des, do you got it? Do you got it? And then Des Fitzpatrick r- ran the wrong route and Daniel threw an interception. And, like, he just looked like he didn't know what he was doing a lot of the time out there, which is shocking because he's been with the team the whole time. And he was rounding off routes and, like, yeah, the touchdowns, whatever. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> that was pretty tough luck. I think Nagy was in someone's ear for that draft pick. Nagy did th- love him. Yeah, it had, like, a nice senior bowl week. I was in someone's ear with it too, so. <laughs> yeah, well, you got you got Vrabel's uh, number on speed dial. Who who looked like a mystery? Uh, yeah, on a pause, like I look stupid, but the the team that drafted him looks smart. Uh, Marco Wilson, who I didn't think he was ever worthy of starting the NFL. Uh, I thought he was overdrafted big time. Also going into into the, in the fourth, um, but since week one he's been the starter and he's been good. And this week they played Seattle. Um, two big pass breakups uh, against DK, both times in coverage. Um, just a really, really solid game against Seattle's te- Seattle's a fucking disaster. Don't want to talk about the lo- a lot about that. It's not like he's been like a fucking stud every week, but he, he like he's had his hiccups, but he's not been a liability. This team is obviously uh, in control of the NFC right now, um, and he's been about as good as you could ever expect from a day three corner. And I didn't expect this in the least. And we've talked about him here and then, but like. You know, it's time to really own up that uh, he's been really good, and I look stupid. You know who doesn't look stupid? The people who bet with my bookie. This year, Turkey Day on my bookie gives you plenty of reasons to be thankful. Starting with the two hundred and fifty dollar risk free bet on Thursday afternoon when the Dallas Cowboys host the Las Vegas Raiders. Bet the spread between the Raiders and Cowboys at my bookie. When you win, you win. 
And if you don't, my bookie will refund you up to $250. Simply put, you can't lose this bet. And that's what I call no risk all gravy. Before you get your wager in, set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. So you you won't need to break the wishbone to be the one to come out ahead. Feast risk-free on Turkey Day with MyBookie. Make sure you to stick around for seconds as you gear up for what should be a fun Black Friday with tons of odds boosts that will have your belly and your pockets full. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. And don't forget, we have a new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit up your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your team wins, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000 plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simboll.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure to use promo code SD to make your deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. And... If you want to get in on more sports content all the time, sign up for Spotify Greenroom, the live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and to use, where you can talk to sports media, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. And you'll be notified when the people you follow go live. Come with your spiciest takes. I got a spicy take. Lay it on me. I got a bunch of guys who need to step it up. I'm just going <gasps> to ramble through because this episode's long and I'm just disappointed in everyone. All right. I, I want to hear it. Christian Darasaw, you need to step it up, son. You got beat bad by Preston Smith a couple times, including a strip sack. Mm. Uh, Trey Smith, the Chiefs' right guard, three penalties against the Cowboys, including two holds and an unsportsmanlike. His play was solid, but the penalties, with the way that offense has just looked, those can't happen. Um, I thought Asante Samuel Jr. struggled against the Steelers' receivers. Now, Big Ben had a great game, but uh, he, he really struggled to find the ball. He was in good position most of the time, too. Yeah, I agreed. Uh, Najee Harris, again, it's just, at what point do we, st- I know it's the offensive line is a huge issue, but at what point do we start to worry about Najee Harris? He just, I've seen two games this year where he's impressed me, and I, you need way more than that from a first-round running back. They'll draft Kenneth Walker, too, don't worry. I can't wait. And Greg Rousseau, I thought, I mean, the whole Bills defense just collapsed against Jonathan Taylor, but Greg Rousseau was a, a, a big non-factor. So you mentioned a bunch of guys that have had their moments, uh, like you know, have not had bad rookie years, but just uh, no need to step it up right now. I'm gonna give you a guy that uh, has done fucking nothing, had a lot of hype in the summer. Uh, I think I mentioned it before, but Terrace Marshall, again, it, it, nothing, nothing, zero targets. Uh, sorry, zero catches on one target. Uh, the one target was behind him. Uh, Newton was getting hit as he threw. Tough catch, but it still hit his hands. 
didn't catch it. Uh, only 14 snaps. That passing game isn't very good. Um, he seems like he'd be a great target for Cam, too. Uh, he needs to fucking step it up. He hasn't had a catch since he returned from the concussion. Uh, so in, in three games, he's got f- only four targets and no catches. They, they that's need a guy something some, from him. That's a guy some people thought should go in the first round, too. Yeah, so let me say, it looks like a hit for me because I wasn't that high on him. But, yeah. Damn. Uh, not ready to play is more not ready to start at safety for the Steelers, Trey Norwood. Mm. Um, obviously, giving up that... that touchdown to Mike Williams late in that game to kind yeah. of seal the fate of the team was tough with Minka Fitzpatrick out due to COVID. Big rookie mistake. Just eyes got caught in the backfield. He was flat-footed. He was clearly like, should have been playing the deep half, and I just, I don't know what happened. Just a brain fart on the field. Yeah, I don't also, like, yeah, I mean Norwood's been good, but no, I mean, that's, that's a tough spot to like put him he, in. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and like, I, I've i loved his rookie year. It's just he's not ready to be a starting safety for this team. Yeah. He's, he's more of a Swiss Army knife DB who who can he, – he's looked good at nickel, but, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going back to the well. I'm going to Alex Leatherwood because, again, he's getting his ass kicked. I mean, this Raiders season has been nothing short of fucks, but they're still very much in the playoff race. So, like – he sucks, but they need him to fucking not suck, right? Like, yeah. I don't think he didn't give up any sacks this, this week against the Bengals, and that's a good front. But go ahead. They they hide him a lot more at guard. Yeah, it, well, exactly. Yeah, I think I think both uh, Hubbard and Henderson had sacks, but still a handful of pressures. And when Derek Carr, um, he he's not doing anything if he's getting immediate pressure in his face. Like, yeah, they hide him a lot more at guard, but he's still bad there, and that was. A bad pick when they made it, and still a bad pick. Probably shouldn't draft your future starting tackle to play him at guard, too. Mm, yeah. Um, best day three rookies. You hit Stevenson, but Evan McPherson was my number one choice. <laughs> four for four on field goals, including kicks of 47, 51, 53, and 54. He was amazing against Bengals the Raiders. Finally he, on a kicker, he, man. Like, they could not score a touchdown, really. It was just him. Like... The, and it wasn't like they were getting giving me gimmies. Those are all tough kicks yeah. for a rookie kicker. Three fifty plus yard kicks. It's been big really time good. kicker. It's yeah, he's really awesome. Good. Yeah, you know he could be a look like a missed for me too because I didn't think he'd be this good. And hey, me neither. I criticized the pick, and they were right. They're finally right on a kick. Well, sorry, they were right on Jake Elliott too, but they they made the wrong choice cutting him for Fat Randy. Uh, my best three rookie uh, did get banged up in this game, so it didn't get that many touches. But Michael Carter on his nine carries uh, had sixty three yards. Just man, he, he's he's getting better and better every game, and like just patient. Like I, I don't know every every good word I could use. Patient, uh, explosive, was breaking tackles. The vision looks really good. Was making really nice cutback runs. Um, just saw a little bit of everything from him, and he's turning into the guy that we thought he was. And I've said that before, but him and Elijah Moore, they look like the dudes that they drafted. And Elijah Vera Tucker does too. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I, I don't think. Now I don't think Tucker maybe as much, but he's been he hasn't been bad and he's been pretty solid. Yeah, but no, definitely, uh, definitely agree. Um, best undrafted rookie is for me Forrest Merrill. Yeah, I, I put him for out of nowhere. Um, he he now he didn't play a ton of snaps. He only played sixteen percent against the Steelers. Yeah, but the big old nose tackle was popping Kendrick Green off the ball. Yeah, yep, Arkansas great. State legend, a guy we've. <laughs> I feel like we watched play at Arkansas State for so oh, long man. and talked about. Yeah, he's twenty five uh, years old. Yeah, and it's just yeah, he 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 looked great. I love him. I love Forrest Merrill. 
I don't think he got into the stat box, but like it, watching him and Joe Gaziano give the Steelers hell was such a treat. <laughs> that was such a fun game. Uh, lucky for me, I got, I got the Detroit Lions, baby. And guess what? You got like AJ, seven. AJ Parker had a pick, baby. So there. He's the best of the. He's the best of those undrafted rookie corners. Yeah, uh, Jacobs uh, had like a really nice PBU on a third down. That's uh, so, like I wrote it down too. But like he was kind of up and down and like. Just misplayed a, a punt that he could have down inside the one. Like he, he was, he was giving up some. But Parker, I don't think he gave up anything, man. Just locked down that nickel spot. Yeah, he's um, good. The pick was like, like Anzalone. Look, it was an assist from Alex Anzalone. So what's not to love here? Anzalone deflected it. Made a, actually, he made the he made the play really. But then Parker kind of just like a sliding interception it was a great play. Uh, I mentioned Jacobs too, and Jared Patterson got seven carries in this game, twenty three yards. So nothing mm. special, but. Nice to see him mix in a bit, and he. Looked, I thought he just looked pretty good. Uh, rookies who flashed, we mentioned Barmore for me already. I thought Nick Bolton looked pretty good against the Cowboys. He only played 28% of the snaps, but they were using him better as just like more of a rundown enforcer. Uh, yeah. and he, he, he was getting downhill, making plays That's against smart. the run. That's smart, especially yeah. against the Cowboys. Yeah, and then Josh Palmer had two, had two yep. splashy plays against the Steelers. It was good to see. It made me happy. Uh, I'm going to give you four wide receivers, if I may. Because as guys I had to mention look good. Uh, Jalen Waddell, uh, eight catches, 65 yards, and a rushing touchdown, a handoff on the goal line where he just lined up in the backfield and beat all the Jets to the pylon. Had, like, a really nice catch before the half, kind of, like, like that weird, like, like he's, like, getting contacted and, like, kind of just reached out. It was a great play. Um, still waiting for him to have, like, that big-time explosive game. Uh, he had one play where it was, like, he could feel it was about to break. He was upset. Because he shed a tackle, he had more space, but like just couldn't stay in balance. But he's their best receiver, and he's their most consistent receiver, wide receiver, I should say. And he's slowly becoming like the go-to guy on third down. Um, Devontae Smith, another really good game. Uh, four catches, 61 yards. I was really impressed. The one play I wanted to highlight here, uh, just like a clear-out drag. You know, it was completely designed to him. The linebacker was just sitting, real shallow zone, like three, four yards right over the middle. And it was just really savvy from from Devonte to just turn that drag into a crosser. Um, runs all the way across the field. Hurts finally hits him on the opposite numbers, um, and then like a really nice catch uh, run after the catch too for like thirty three yards or something like that. That was a great play, just savviness, and I think that's what Devonte Smith's game is. You know what I mean? Um, two more. Rondell Moore had a lot of touches. He was kind of like the dude for the Cardinals in this game. In the passing game, at least. Uh, I guess Ertz, Ertz had a great game, too. But he had 11 catches for 51 yards. And that sounds like he's touching a lot but not doing much. But, like, he was pretty damn good. Like, uh, three of those weren't went for first downs. Uh, he was just tough to bring down for the Hawks. Uh, I think, like, he forced three three missed tackles. Just, just you know, good. Especially with a nuke out, right? And Coy playing quarterback and they beat Seattle and Seattle shit. And lastly, much lower extent. Amon Ross St. Brown. Only four catches for 18 yards. Like, there's nothing good going on for the Lions passing game, but I think he's going to be good. I, I think he's been as advertised, but, like, he's just not getting the opportunities. And he, he had one play that got called back that he looked really good on, on a screenplay that he got, like, 15 or 20 yards and made a few dudes miss, not included because it got called back for a hold. Uh, also, had like, a really nice first down catch through contact. I think once they figure all this shit out, he's not going to be, like, a superstar, but I think he's going to be a really good... Uh, wide receiver two, wide receiver three, kind of slot dude, and um, be impactful when the Lions figure this shit out. You love to hear it, baby. Um, my I don't know where Rook is. Uh, it's 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 kind of poetic with Maction coming to an end. 
for the month. Um, former Western Michigan Mustang, Jalen Moore, started at right tackle for the Niners against the Jags, and he looked good. He looks like he's going to provide a, a minimum, a really consistent swing tackle. He started at left and right tackle for them now, and he's held up in both games. Yeah, he got hurt last week, but I thought like before he did, I was like writing notes because uh, like Aaron Donald in the run was giving him hell, which who he who wouldn't get hell from him? But I thought he held up pretty well before that. Uh, aside from that, and before the injury. Um. Yeah. He. He just. He. He looks like a, a bit of a steal already. Who you got? Uh, speaking of steals, baby, fourth round <laughs> rookie John Bates and Logan Thomas coming back, but he might not have a job, baby, because Bates is the man. Uh, played ninety nine percent of snaps for, for Washington. Uh, three catches, twenty three yards. The highlight play though was a massive catch. Fourth and three. Uh, it, was, it was in the fourth quarter. The game was tied at twenty one. Heineke was scrambling all over the place, uh, and then Bates just came back to him and made like a really nice sliding grab to get the first down. Uh, that drive ended in the field goal, which effectively was the game-winning score too. So huge, huge chain mover. And uh, from my eye, he was blocking his ass off too. Like really good, really consistent blocking. So if he can keep that together and just be, you know, that chain mover, like when they need him and Logan Thomas comes back, that's that's a really good duo. And, I mean, I think they overdrafted him, but that's a good duo. <laughs> Um, so for my start the rookie, the guy who started uh, in week 9 and 10, um, but Harrison Smith got healthy and started in week 11 over him. Uh, I'm not saying Cam Bynum should be starting over Harrison Smith, but he certainly should be starting over Xavier Woods. Mm. Xavier Woods was the biggest liability on the Vikings defense against the Packers. He He's the one who uh, gave it the Marquez Valdez-Scantling touchdown and gave it the Devontae Adams touchdown. He just kept getting destroyed in coverage. Um Meanwhile, Bynum only played six snaps. And in week mm. 9 and 10, I would argue Cam Bynum was as good as any rookie defender pretty much not taken in the first round at least. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just would like to see him start with Harrison Smith. That's a good point. Yeah, Xavier Woods is – you know what he is, and he's not getting better. <laughs> like, Yeah. You know. um, speaking of first-round defensive rookies, Zayman Collins didn't get a single snap. On defense That's against the Seattle Seahawks. That is not good. That's not a good sign. But I don't – look, obviously they see him much more than we do, but they fucked up with Simmons last year. I don't think he's been bad. So I, I don't get it. Just get him involved. You're playing backups all over the place and still winning. Uh, and, and like you've said before, at minimum, find him a pass rushing role. Yeah, like they don't do – like they literally didn't get him on the field. I don't understand this. Um, Like you said, find him a pass rush role. Marcus Golden and I mean Chandler Jones was wrecking shit like he always does in Seattle. Did you hear that stat? Mark, Mark, uh, Chandler Jones is top ten in sacks in at CenturyLink slash Lumen slash Quest Field. I did not know that. That's hilarious. <laughs> he's, he's the only non Seahawk. <laughs> yeah, which is fucking crazy. Anyways, um, get Zayman Collins involved. I don't like you're winning games and you're starting all these backups anyways. This felt like a good game because the Seattle offense has been fucking stagnant as hell and they're like just a bachelor head against the wall. It felt like a good game to get him involved. Then he got zero snaps. It, it that bugs me to be honest. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty ridiculous. Um, well, AJ, the next time we talk, Ohio State will beat Michigan. Any comment? Uh, yeah, you are factually the the end of this podcast might end on Saturday. I hate. I mean, you love no, when the game. Continue. I don't need you. I don't need okay. you for this. <laughs> okay, don't my presence might end on uh, next week's show. So maybe see you next week. Maybe not.